Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. This week, I'm joined by costume designer Colin Wilkes, whose past credits include films such as Support the Girls, Little Woods, and Palm Springs. She's out now with her latest project, the Apple TV Plus comedy sci-fi series, The Big Door Prize with Chris O'Dowd, which is now streaming. It's based on the novel of the same name, which tells the story of a small town called Deerfield that is forever changed when residents discover a mysterious yet magical destiny predicting machine in their grocery store, promising to reveal each resident's true life potential. Colin, thanks so much for taking time to chat with me. My pleasure. Thanks, Max. Good to chat with you. So I'd love to start at the beginning of your involvement with this project. Um, Can you talk about um, when you came on board, what those initial conversations were like with, I assume, the show's creator, David West Reed, who's done Schitt's Creek and a whole bunch of other popular um, projects, both on the stage and on the screen. Um, But what were those initial conversations like that gravitated you towards this project? Well, I first got just the pilot. So I immediately, when I read it, my agent sent it to me. I was just like completely obsessed because I realized that I have a deep affinity for comedy that is like both existential, bizarre, you know, lives in this kind of strange place genre wise. And so this was a super exciting project to potentially be involved in. So with that being said, I really kind of knew what a big character project this was and what a good potential, what potential it had in terms of costume and storytelling. So I really built out the world through mood boards and a deck. And I really just kind of focused on each character and pulled so many images together so that on our first few calls, and my first call was with Anu, who is the episode one and two director, and Matt Spiegel, who was one of our producers. And then my follow-up one was with DWR. And I really just wanted to focus on capturing each of these characters and really pitching the kind of ideas I had for them, whether that meant like story through the kind of trajectory of where their potential went and how that, how that affected and impacted the way they dressed and so on. But I think also what was a really defined moment was I also come from theater. And so my appreciation for the work and I think the way that we kind of think aesthetically similarly um, was something that I think Dave and I really kind of connected on. Yeah, that's so interesting um, what you just said, how it, it seems like you felt empowered to think of the the creative vision of the costumes yourself and that, you know, although it was based on a book, 
it seemed like a lot of the originality came from yourself and what you felt like the looks should be um, as it pertains to the characters, both the normal version of the characters, but also the morpho um, version of the characters when they, you know, try to realize their true destiny. Um, Can you talk about how, um, what that balance was like, how much you relied on the source material of the novel, how much you relied on the script and how much of it really came from your own vision? A lot of what I brought to the table was really extracted from what all of the incredible work the writers had done in the writer's room. They had really done a fantastic job in creating the blueprint of this town. And Dave was so articulate in the way that he wanted it to fill and both wanted it not to feel. So we really had a kind of guidebook to work with that I felt really enabled us to hone our vision creatively. And I think that because it was an incredible jumping off point to have the book, I really focused on what was on the page and bringing the kind of incredible characters to life there, but also so much more happened in the fitting, right? And so when I was in the fitting room with the actors, they came with these incredible ideas of Mm. what they felt the kind of character arcs would be in terms of how their costume developed or things they wore. And really that kind of showed up in the details of what they were wearing I mean, for instance, Izzy, who is our town mayor, you'll see her wearing a lot of character shoes because she got dancer. And I mean, it's like kind of a very, uh, you know, on the nose thing, but she just has a pair of character shoes for every outfit she wears. They're all color coordinated. And some people are a little more overt in showing their life potential than others. Right. And that's so amazing how in that partnership between you and the actor, you were so receptive of the actor providing input in their looks. And that that's such a cool partnership. Um, well, the foundation of the story definitely are, you know, the people in Deerfield discovering their true life potential through this morpho machine, which makes your work all the more critical since, you know, we observe them discovering their true life potential, whether it's a career change and or a personal life um you know decision um which in a as they're discovering that destiny and change um career tracks or personal um life tracks they change their looks and so this i assume is something you haven't done before designing two completely different looks for several characters um so can you discuss the added challenge of you know um, of designing both looks for their regular role, but also looks for their morpho role for each actor? That's a good question. I mean, I think always when I'm thinking about characters, you have to think of them in two ways. I mean, it's, it's really like so big, so much of our job is to kind of tell story through these emotional spaces that they're going in. And I had come off of a movie, a Netflix movie called Look Both Ways, which was kind of like a sliding doors, parallel lives. So I really had a little bit of experience in this kind of parallel life storyline, which enabled me to really think about these characters 
and what were they like before the morpho and what did they become after the morpho? And I really wanted to use color to kind of influence that transition of, of the early stages of them realizing themselves because I think so much about, you know, what influences us as humans. It's really what we're absorbing visually. So a lot of the characters' color palettes are based off of the things that they're looking at. And you'll see that Mr. Johnson, when we kind of like go into his story a little bit more, the reason that his color palette is the way it is and, and Bo, and, you know, we have Izzy with all of these really kind of rich colors. And of course, Cass, who we know is, has gotten royalty. So we move into like the very gold, um, rich jewel tones for her. So I think that it was a creative challenge that really made me think about what this meant in terms of subtleties and not overtly kind of portraying them in a certain way and making things too on the nose. Yeah, but that definitely speaks to how these creative subtleties that you designed in the looks inform the narrative and the personalities of these characters, which um, created the all the more, um, it made it all the more, you know, immersive and, um, you know, yeah, it was amazing. Um, I wanted to switch gears because I know I know that it, it definitely has a contemporary modern time setting in which the story takes place in. I wanted to get a sense of guidance that you might have received on the time that the story is set in, because although it does seem contemporary, there are subtle details and perhaps it's like in the produ production design or, you know, the, the school setting or the town. But it could seem maybe ju just a few years, you know, into the future, just just a little bit into the future and not really 2023, but maybe, you know, 2030 or just just a little, you know, far off removed from the time we're living in now. Um, what guidance did you receive on, you know, the era that you were designing the, these costumes in, and how did that inform your work? Well, I love hearing that you thought it felt a little later because i haven't heard that one yet oh, and interesting. really what we had talked about is kind of creating the timeless capsule the kind of snow globe effect that is deerfield where everything just kind of ricochets off of each other you don't see a lot of the outside influence of pop culture and like technology the kids aren't on tiktok they aren't doing you, they aren't sharing memes, they're having these deep, meaningful conversations. And so that translated visually for us to be able to create characters that felt grounded, relatable, but also like, where are they? When are they? And I think that that helped these kind of bigger questions play out. And in this kind of... Um, ubiquitous way where it could be anytime, any place, and you can watch it in 10 years and it can still kind of serve the same value of question. So I feel like in terms of costume design, Dave was very particular about keeping it not too trendy, feeling like it could be anywhere. I mean, these kids probably thrift most of this and they're exploring their own individuality through clothing. So we really wanted to keep that 
integrity um, with the kids. And I didn't, nothing should be too aspirational. So those kind of things we talk a lot about in the early stages with also Diane, who was our production designer. So we were very intentional about that. For sure. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. And it could have simply just been the presence of the machine and having that maybe throw off, you know, viewers and, you know, people like myself who feel like, oh, with this presence of the machine, it does seem a little bit, you know, futuristic, but it is grounded in the school setting in the home and just the town overall, which seems so modern. And yeah, like you said, a timeless time capsule in a way. Um, Well, I wanted to um, switch gears because what I find so interesting about this show is several months before the first season even premiered, which was this past weekend, it's already, I believe, been picked up for a season two and is in the middle of filming, if I'm not mistaken. So I would love to know if you're at all involved in the upcoming season and what we might have to expect. I can't speak to that. Um, I honestly don't know. Um, But I will say that the rest of this season has very exciting cliffhangers and um, pieces to get excited about. That's great. Um, And then my very last question. um, I know that you have a project that's currently in post. I think you were working on it last summer, which is the film Dust with Sarah Paulson and Annalie Ashford. Um, I believe it'll be released on Hulu, hopefully sometime later this year. Can you just share a little bit about Dust and what we have to look forward to in your work in that film? Sure. Well, Sarah Paulson is just an incredible force and I know will completely captivate everyone with this story. And, um, it was a married couple, Will Joins and, and uh, Carrie Krause, who did the directing and wrote the piece. And it's a beautiful story, also psychologically um, really complex. And they did an incredible job about really creating a, a very um, detailed and cinematic world that is set in 1930s panhandle of Oklahoma. So totally different story than what I'm doing now. Um, but there it's a, it's going to be very beautiful and it was shot by Zoe White. So I have no doubt that it'll be a feast for the eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and are there any other projects that we have to look forward to, um, that you're either just recently stopped working on or about to work on soon? There are, um, I can't speak about them yet, but they are going to be very exciting um, new things to come out. So I look forward to sharing them with everybody. Yeah. Well, um, Colin, thanks again for taking the time to chat. Congratulations on what already is a success this, you know, opening weekend of the first few episodes of um, the Big Door Prize. And then we'll have you know, the next several weeks as we see, you know, how this story develops and then we'll have dust maybe later this year to see your wonderful work. And, um, but yeah, thanks again, Colin. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Max. Thanks for all the great questions. I hope you enjoy the rest of the season. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to the Hollywood podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. 
Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening.